Hi everyone, we have um, two Bible readings today. The first is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9, and if you've got the Purple Visitors Bible, it's on page 1,112. So here we go. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. You rejoice in this, though now for a short time you have had to struggle in various trials so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You love him, though you have not seen him. And though not seeing him now, you believe in him and rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Then if we flick back a few pages, we are jumping into James chapter 1, verses 16 to 18, and that's page 1109 if you have the Purple Bibles. Let me find it. Here we go. Don't be deceived, my dearly loved brothers. Every generous act and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. With him there is no variation or shadow cast by turning. By his own choice he gave us new birth by the message of the truth, so we would be the first fruits of his creatures. Tricky there, Beck. It's a bit shorter than normal. <laughs> Good morning. Great to see you all this morning. I'm Neil, and I add my welcome to uh, Rails this morning. Um, what do you, when you think about being generous, what springs to your mind? Maybe uh, you know some generous people. Uh, when I uh, thought about generous, I thought about these people, Bill and Melinda Gates. Uh, since 1994, they've given about 50 billion dollars. Uh, to try and address serious problems in the world. Now, I don't think they're living on the breadline as a result of giving away their $50 billion, uh, because they had a lot to start with. But that's pretty generous, isn't it? But you don't have to be rich to be generous, do you? Uh, Jesus once saw rich people giving a lot of money at the uh, temple, and a poor widow came up and put in two tiny little uh, copper coins, just a few cents worth. And Jesus said, you see that woman? She gave more than all the rest. Because they all gave out of their riches, out of their plenty. It didn't, they won't miss it. But she gave all that she had. You see, uh, generosity can look very different depending on where we start from. Well, maybe you've yourself experienced generosity, uh, perhaps directly, or you've seen it firsthand. It actually happens all the time in church circles. As I uh, know you in our congregation here, I see generosity happening all the time. Someone told me recently that someone uh, gave them a car, not just on loan, but they upgraded their car. Instead of trading in the old one, they gave it to somebody else and said, you can use it. That's generous, isn't it? I know another family who regularly has refugees come and live in their house, not just overnight, but for weeks and months till they get established. That's beautiful. Others foster children who need a home. There's so much generosity that goes on. 
And it's not just about money, is it? It's in all kinds of ways. We can be generous with our time. We can be generous with our attitude to people, being forgiving, accepting, welcoming. We can be generous uh, with our energy, uh, with our knowledge, all kinds of ways that we can be generous with our words to encourage and build others up. Generosity at that personal level is a beautiful, beautiful thing. But this morning I want to remind you, uh, because I'm sure you know this already, at least in your head, that uh, the most generous person of all, the most beautiful giver, is actually God. Oh, that was the other one. That's the people in our being generous. We have a generous God. And each one of us here today, without exception, that includes you and me, whether we realise it or not, has actually received so much from the generous hand of God. God is not stingy. God is not greedy. He's not a taker. He's a giver. He is generous. He gives and he gives and he gives. You may not be conscious of this, but we have an unbelievably generous God. And that's the big idea, really, of today's talk. If you go away with nothing else, go home thinking about how generous God is. But I'm going to say more than that. I could sit down, but I'm not going to do that. We've got two questions I'm going to answer. How is it that God is so generous? Why do I say that? And uh, if he is, how do we respond rightly to our generous God? But first we need to clarify a little bit more about what it means to be generous. Here's a definition. Uh, to be generous is to give abundantly, not miserly or stingily, to give abundantly beyond what is obligated or expected. See, it's about giving, not getting or taking. And it's not just what we have to do. If uh, you come around to my place to do some work and we've contracted that and now I owe you some money and then I pay my bill, you wouldn't say that I've been generous, would you? You would say that I've just paid you what I'm obligated to pay. But sometimes uh, kind of giving can be not so much obligation, but uh, about expectation. If I come around to your place for dinner, I might well bring a, a small gift, a little box of chocolates or a bottle of wine or some flowers or something like that. And that might be generous, especially if uh, it's way beyond what I can really afford. But most often it's probably us just doing what's culturally uh, expected, being polite. Generosity is different. Generosity is giving beyond what is obligated or expected. So here's the question, how is it that God is generous like that? Well, I've got three ways that we see how generous God is. Number one is that God is generous in creation. He made everything, and that's a lot, isn't it? Uh, we got a bit of a taste of that up here. He made everything. He keeps this physical world, which we are part of, he made us and which we enjoy, the beautiful sunshine outside, we would not be here if it wasn't for the generous hand of God. And he keeps it all going. You see, God wasn't obligated to make the world. He was uh, quite happy on his own for, uh, for all eternity. But he chose to make a world and to make a people for himself. He did it out of his own love and goodness and for his own glory and he did it abundantly way beyond expectation uh, look at this 
butterfly here. Why did God make such a beautiful, colourful butterfly? And uh, not only one, he actually made 17,500, according to Google, uh, different species of butterflies. Now, if I was creating butterflies, the world, I probably wouldn't have thought to make a butterfly. And I certainly would have made 17,000. I would have made just two ones, maybe a grey one and a blue one, and that would have been about it. Okay? But God has gone way beyond expectation. Abundant generosity. Fish. This is a new species of fish recently discovered, uh, but it's only one of 32,000 species of fish. Incredible. Here's a flower. Uh, again, I don't think I would have made as many flowers as God. 260,000 species of flowering plants in the world. God has gone way beyond expectation. He is a generous God. And, and, and not just in variety, but uh, just in scope. Uh, according to Google, there's 200 billion trillion. I think there's uh, 23 zeros on the end of that too. Stars in the universe. We can't see them all. We can only see a tiny, tiny fraction. But scientists tell us that they're out there. It is huge. Why did God make such a big universe? He's generous. He is extravagant in his work of creation. And uh, he made it all uh, in the end for his glory and for our enjoyment. You see, when it comes down to it, you would not even exist if it wasn't for God's generosity. You wouldn't be here. All that you are, all that you have, all that you will be comes from the generous hand of God. In fact, we wouldn't even be here and able to take our next breath except that God sustains our life. The Lord gives life. And one day he will take it away. But in between, he sustains us. Do you? Are you conscious of that God? Here's a verse from the Bible, one we didn't read before. Acts chapter 17. The God who made the world and everything in it, he's the Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live in shrines made by hands. He's not someone that you can kind of box up in a temple somewhere and get on with the rest of your life just building your own life over here. No. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He made everything. And neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. God is supremely generous. But that's not all, is it? As Christians, we know beyond that, God is generous in salvation. If you read your Bible, you don't have to read long before you see God being generous to the people of Israel in the Old Testament. <laughs> He, he saved them from slavery uh, in Egypt. He fed them. He gave them bread to eat. He gave them occupation of the promised land. He gave them kings and priests and sacrifices. He gave them his law. He sent them prophets. He gave wisdom to his kings. He gave them blessing in the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, possessions. He gave them all of that. He, he gave them warnings when they needed it. God is a giving, giving, giving God. But it doesn't stop with that. We see it even more so when we get to Jesus, don't we, in the New Testament. Here's a famous verse. For God loved the world in this way. He gave. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is the gospel. It's built on the generosity of God which flows from his love and commitment to us. He is a generous, generous 
God. Jesus came into the world, God in the flesh. He didn't need to go to the cross. He could have had everyone wait on him hand and foot, but that's not what he's like, is he? He's the one who reached out his hand to the leper, who healed the sick, who cared for the poor. He's the one who ultimately gave his life so that we could be forgiven by God and have eternal life. He is generous. He saved us even while we were still sinners, Romans chapter 5. It's by grace we have been saved through faith. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. We don't deserve to be rescued by Jesus. God did it out of his sheer generosity to us who don't deserve it. And he didn't even stop there with Jesus. When Jesus went back to the Father together, they gave us the Holy Spirit. God come to be with us, to work in us and change us from the inside. God never stops giving. Here's the passage we read before, 1 Peter chapter 3. Blessed be, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, in his great mercy he has given us. There's God giving again. Given us new birth. We were born, he gave us birth once, physical birth, into this world, into our earthly families. Now he's given us new birth into the world to come, the spiritual world, into his own family, so that he adopts us as his children and shares with us all the privileges of his own son, Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful thing, adoption, isn't it? For our people to be so generous to take on a little one into their family and share with them all of their family wealth and uh, uh, identity, name, everything. That's what God has done with us. And he's given us new birth into a living hope. We have a hope that's not dying because Jesus is alive forever and ever. Our hope is not like the hopes of this world that one day will pass away. Our hope lasts forever. And into an inheritance because we're now children of the Father. We are heirs. We are heirs of eternal life. Uh, and this is an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. No one's going to lose it. It's not going to fade or rust away. Uh, it's not going to be lost in a global financial crisis. It's forever. And meanwhile, he's also giving you because he's guarding you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. God is so generous. He's given us everything and he's keeping us and he will deliver on the last day. He has given us salvation. He gives and he gives and he gives. Third way he gives is in everyday life. Uh, God continues to give all that we have and all that we enjoy. Ross did this for us really well, didn't he? Whatever is good, uh, whatever we enjoy has come to us from God. The love of another person, the beauty of the world around us, the joy of sharing a joke, the uh, joy and thrill of watching sport together. Whatever it is that we have and enjoy, it all comes from God. Here's that passage Ross read out from the book of James. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift, there's that word again, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Do you enjoy an ice cream on a hot day? It comes from the good hand of God. Do you enjoy a glass of wine with your dinner? He made wine to make glad the heart of people. Do you enjoy the skill of people who can do craft and make things with their hands? 
Again, where do they get that skill? God gave it to them. Have you got a sharp mind and you, uh, you like to play and um, solve problems? Maybe people even pay you because you've got such a sharp mind to give them advice. Where did that come from? Well, yeah, you've perhaps honed your skills over the years, but how were you able to do that? It's all from the hand of God. Can you see it? God is generous. All that we are and all that we have comes from the generous hand of God. It's a simple point, isn't it? I've said enough about that. We're going to move on to the next point. So what? What does that mean for us? Uh, how are we going to respond? In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be kind of building on this. This is, if you like, the foundation for our three-week series. Next week, we're going to be thinking about uh, a generous heart. How do we have a heart like God's that wants to give and give and give? And then the generous life, what will, what will that look like in practice? But this is the foundation on which it is all built. But we'll move on to the second question. How do we begin to respond to this generous God? Well, there are three things that uh, I want to just wrap up with today. The first is an obvious one. Say thank you. Honour him. Praise him. Because uh, that's, he has the one that has done for us. It's very rude not to say thank you when someone is generous to you, isn't it? That just presumes upon them. That's, I think we call that being a spoilt brat, don't we? That's what children do sometimes. They just take and grab and don't recognise the giver. I've got a quote here from someone who was once popular in, uh, in our culture. Some of you are of the right age that you saw every show and can quote left, right and centre. It was a bit, before, a bit after my time, actually. Uh, it kind of went past me. But the internet is very helpful. Here's what Bart Simpson said when he was asked to say grace, to give thanks before the family meal. You ready? Dear God, we paid for all this stuff ourselves, so thanks for nothing. Amen. <laughs> now, um, you might kind of go, well, none of us would be that crass to uh, kind of uh, pray that prayer or uh, to admit that that's the case. But uh, there's a reason why the scriptwriters uh, put something like that in there, because perhaps they're onto, uh, you know, in that humorous moment, they're onto something that might kind of strike a chord with some of us, because perhaps sometimes, even though we wouldn't say it, maybe we think like this. Maybe this is our attitude. I worked hard. I earned the money. I honed the skill. Thanks to me, I'm going great. Things are going well. I can be proud. This is the sinful nature in us, isn't it? Here's what the book of Romans says is the basic problem of humanity. Although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. God's given us everything, but we just take it and ignore him. And worse, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served what has been created instead of the creator. We serve the stuff. We serve ourselves. We've been created instead of serving God. The right response to the generous God is thanks and praise, honouring him and glorifying him. Let me ask you, uh, or let me show you one more verse, Revelation chapter 4. Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honour and power because you have created all things. That's why. Why do we praise him? Why is he 
that he, why is glorifying him the meaning of life? Because he's made everything and by your will they exist and were created. We depend on him every second of every day of our lives. So here's the question. Do you consistently thank and praise God for his generosity to you? Is that something that you work at? Or is it something that you perhaps just let wash over you? And you forget that God has given you everything. Saying grace before meals is a Christian tradition, and some of us do that, I know. Uh, we do try to do that in our family, and uh, it's not uh, a law, but it's a very helpful thing, isn't it? To uh, just remind yourself uh, at that moment of the day, each day, that this has come from God and we're thankful to him. We don't have to stop there. Hopefully we can give more thanks than that. But if we're not doing that, I really want to encourage you to start making a habit of it. If that's one way that would help you to respond rightly to the generous God. Second thing that uh, we can do is to steward what he has given you. Now, the word steward is not one that we use often these days. It means to do what we're supposed to do uh, with what's been entrusted by someone else into our care. So if I just say I go on long service leave for three months and uh, I uh, ask you to come and house sit at uh, my house. And so uh, you have the opportunity there for three months to use my house, to invite your friends over, to um, do whatever you want to do there, to watch my TV, use my internet, whatever, well not whatever you want to do, there are limits, because hopefully you're a good steward. It's not your house. It's, not on, it's, it's kind of on loan to you, but it's more than that. You, you are there uh, to have it in your possession, to use uh, at, for that time, but keeping in mind that I'm, at, I'm the actual owner. And, uh, and so, uh, in the end, uh, you'll be held to account for what you do, what state you leave it in when you come back. There are some people in here who have house set at my place, not for three months, but for a couple of weeks, and they did a great job looking over there. <coughs> so, I just realised that as I was looking around. <coughs> uh, and so, too, with all that we have from God. God has made everything and he gives us everything, but ultimately he still owns it. We're not the owners. We don't own it. We are stewards. And our job is, yes, first and foremost, to uh, use what God has given us to, to do the core things that we should do as his people, to provide for ourselves and our family, number one. But also to enjoy what God, God has given us. It's right that we enjoy his good creation. But for most of us, we've probably got a little bit more than what we need to uh, enjoy and to provide for our family. And so if that's the case, we've got a choice, haven't we? What will we do with that which has been entrusted to us beyond what we need? Well, the choice is we can use it for the glory of God and his pleasure and his purposes in the world we can use it for ourselves and our pleasures and our purposes in the world. Will we use it to love God and love our neighbour as ourselves and for doing good? Or will we use it for loving ourselves and chasing our own goals and lifestyle, perhaps even for doing evil? What will we do with what God has put into our hands? 
That's the question we've got to wrestle with over this series as we think about generosity. Here's an example of uh, where the Bible takes us. 1 Timothy, Paul's writing to Timothy, and he says, instruct those who are rich in the present age. I think that's most of us. You might not feel like Bill Gates, but most of us are pretty well off. Not to be arrogant or set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth. See, one way we use our wealth is for pleasure. The other is for security, isn't it? And we set our hope that this is going to save us. But rather on God, who richly provides us, he's the generous God, with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and willing to share. Storing up treasure for themselves is a good foundation for the coming age, so they may take hold of what is truly life. Real life is not kind of uh, being rich and having all the pleasures and going on your yacht and doing all those things that uh, the magazines tell us. Real riches are in the life to come when God uh, holds us to account for our stewardship of all that he has given us and put into our hands in this world. So how will this work out in practice? Well, uh, if uh, you have a sharp mind, you can use it in the service of God, maybe thinking and teaching others. If uh, you have a house, let it be a place of hospitality. If you have a marriage, a strong marriage, built on love, don't just bask in the starry-eyed romance and uh, kind of just soak it up for yourself, but let it be used in the service of God, letting that love overflow to children and to neighbours and to doing good in society around you. Be that stable uh, unit of society that uh, can be such a blessing to others. Have you got time on your hands? Has God given you some time? Maybe you're in a new phase of life and you don't have to do what was filling your life previously. What are you gonna do with that? You could do a lot of Sudokus. Uh, you could uh, get into a, a, some other hobby or play computer games. Or will you use it to do good to others? See, if we see the world through the eyes of the Bible, we'll see that we are stewards of all that God has given us. And so we want to steward well. Steward well. And finally, we want to aim to be like him. This is where Raal started our meeting today. Uh, the aim of the Christian life is to be transformed, to be more and more like the Lord Jesus. And Jesus is just like his father. He gave and he gave and he gave. If we understand how generous God is, then we'll make it our goal in life to be more and more like him. Giving abundantly, beyond obligation, beyond expectation. And uh, as we go through life, our aim in life won't be to grow in standard of living like what the world says, you know, keep getting a better and better house, more and more convenience, more and more comfort, more and more luxury, better and better food. Now I can afford it because I'm paid more and I've got less expenses. Now I can go for it. Increase my standard of living. If we know the generous God and we want to be like him, then what we'll do is aim to increase our standard of giving. Do you see the difference? Instead of taking, taking, taking for me, 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 we'll receive gratefully, joyfully, and seek to give, 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 to be like God and to love others.
How are you going in aiming to be like him? See, there might be some cynical people here who think that this series is really about us meeting our church budget this year. You know, it's a three-week appeal to, uh, to, you know, some people, yeah, yeah, I can tell you are thinking that. <laughs> Anything that God does, I will receive with thanksgiving. <laughs> but that's not the ultimate aim of this series. The aim is our growth in Christ, our maturity as Christians, that we'll be more and more like God, being generous. God is so generous in creation, in salvation, in everyday life. Our lives should be full of thanks and praise, good stewardship, and being transformed to be more and more like him. Will you make that your aim as we wrestle with this subject over the coming weeks? Let me pray. Lord, thanks so much for being so generous to us. You've given us everything. You've made the world in such abundance and so spectacularly. You've given us Jesus and all every spiritual blessing in him. And you've given us all that we have, even our very lives. Help us, Lord, to see the world through those eyes so that we might live in light of that, thanking and praising and honouring you, using what you've given us for your glory and the good of others. Help us, Lord, to be more and more like you are. Amen.